Okay, so we should just give a brief introduction about who these ladies are. We love them so much. If you know who these ladies are, raise your hand. You are blessed. Yes. Because you know them. (laughs) If you don't know who these two ladies are, raise your hand. Get to know them. (laughs) Okay. Okay, so let's do a little brief introduction. These two ladies are Grace Community Church legends, really. Rock stars. I think we can say legends. Yeah, yeah. totally. So we'll start with Dolores Michelson. to be a legend. <laughs> what you do <laughs> is legend-worthy, though. Yes. Um, we have Dolores Michelson there on the left. She and her husband, Burton, are founding members of Grace Community Church. So they've been here since the beginning. Uh, and they have amazing stories to tell. And um, maybe she'll share some of those later. But um, she is a legend, not only because they've just been here so long and have been so faithful. Um, she loves the word of God. She is a prayer warrior. She disciples women. She's passionate about missions. She, I think you started our mindset for missions program at yeah. EWG. You've been a, a Dolores up until a few years ago was writing letters, mm-hmm. handwritten letters to every single missionary kid out yeah. in the field. And would mail them out with a $5 bill. With money. For their and birthday, right? every missionary right. kid loves Dolores and yeah. calls her more and more. Because she yeah. is yeah. just a blessing. And we send anniversary cards mm-hmm. to all of our missionary couples. Mm-hmm. Um, and then loved it so much and saw that it was a blessing. And encouraged all the ladies in Mindset for Missions to do the same. So kids would, like, get packs of birthday cards and Christmas letters. Yeah. And it was so wonderful. And she's passed that on to Alex and Glenna. And they continue to do it, and it's just a sweet way to be the arms and hands and feet to people Mm -hmm. who are ministering. It's just amazing. Yeah, what a sweet ministry. Yeah. Um, Her husband was also the man who built the worship center. (laughs) Like, he he was in construction, and he built a lot of the buildings at Grace Church um, that you see. Did you build this? Did he build this building? I don't. He built part of it. He built part of it. And then the second part, they didn't. Well, she knows. Yeah. But definitely the big worship center, yes. that was her husband. Um, also, is it true that he um, hired Pastor John? He was one of the men that hired one. Pastor yeah. MacArthur one to come them. to Grace yeah. Church back in the 60s. Yeah. So that's pretty pretty epic. So And he, he, the first Sunday was uh, Burton's birthday. Oh, oh his what? first Sunday Fe- at Grace yeah. was February 9th, right? Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's incredible. That's crazy. Yeah. Crazy and we're coming up to celebrating his 55th anniversary at Grace. Pastor John's. Pastor John's. Yeah. yeah. Um, so crazy. that's amazing. And you guys have been here like at least 10, 15 years longer than that. So 1956. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. Yes. I was six months old. <laughs> 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 and she started teaching the kids. She wanted to teach the kids, and that's why they started the church because they didn't have a they church have a to have program. the kids. So yeah. she's got the kids in the back of a big Chevy because they didn't have a building. But then when she finally got a room, she made a little cardboard box. You think about this as a TV. TVs were just invented. And she makes pictures, and she starts to teach the children in pictures rolling through this little cardboard box. Think about how ahead of the, t- the time she was. She was. So now is. we still teach the kids. She's my assistant. <laughs> and we oh, made yeah. a huge, big screen TV, and the kids painted their own pictures, yeah. and we were scroll them through. Yeah. That's so and that's fun. based on what she did, you know. How but it's always six, bigger and better 
if you have a friend like this. Oh. That's the truth. That's the truth. It's true. Can so I sweet. Say really no. if anything's wrong. Tell us if anything's wrong. Um, you just have, so we had to like add up how many kids and grandkids and great and great great grandchildren you have. So I think we got to the number 26. Yes. So oh, good. Yeah, Katrin, <laughs> Katrin did it. Katrin oh, did the Katrin math. Did yeah, we had to ask when you were kids. Three children, seven grands, 17 great-grands, and two great-great-grands. So what a legacy that you have. A faithful legacy that the Lord has blessed you with. So we're excited that we all get to hear and learn from her. Oh, yeah. And also from Logan. Logan Logan is amazing. I just drove her. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're thankful that Logan has... Five dogs. Five dogs. Logan has five dogs. <laughs> yes. No, and but somehow convinced me to get a dog. And she's their mother. That so good. <laughs> she is their mother. Just but Logan is. Okay. Logan came so to Grace fun. in okay, the nineties, right? You've been here since the early nineties. In combat boots. Before, well, before yes. her previous life, her unsaved life, she was in Broadway and television. No surprise. I mean, you're such a like. No she can command the stage. stage. She's very comfortable <laughs> on the stage. She, you have quite a repertoire of um, Broadway productions and performing mm-hmm. in front of presidents and mm-hmm. lots of famous people. And um, most famously, Dick Clark. I don't know if you guys remember who that is, but Probably she was his like assistant for years. <laughs> too young. They're all too <laughs> right. Young. They're like who's, who's Dick Clark? He did the big rock and New Year's Eve thing, um, Dick which they still do. It's just um, he's not a part of it anymore. He was gone, but um, Logan was his right-hand person for years and years. Anyway, so a lot of cool things that she's seen and done in her life. Um, then she gets saved. Like, she got hit by a truck. 18-wheeler. 18-wheeler truck. Mm-hmm. And that was part of her testimony. Uh, and maybe at the end we'll ask you a little bit more about that, too, and how God brought you to Saving Faith and to Grace Church. Where Then she meets Don Carr, yes. who... Was brave enough. Race car <laughs> I was going to say, he was a race car he's driver. He's a race car driver. His like last name is Carr, and he's car actually driver. a race car driver. It's, yeah. But he drives very slowly car. now. Yes. I'm his new race car. You're his new race car. <laughs> Don is very calm and yeah. so patient. Chill. And so chill. So lovely. Steady. Yeah. Steady. And, yes, and you're just so much fun. So, anyways, Don is an elder here. He's been an elder and a pastor here for a lot of years. Yeah. 80s, 90s, I don't know, we're not sure. But (laughs) what I love about Logan as well is she performed on Broadway and has this amazing presence on stage, and she has taken that to memorize scripture. Mm -hmm. So one of my most favorite women's events, and I think you can still listen to it, is Logan stood in front of all of the ladies and recited Revelation. I was going to say that. It was phenomenal. Mm -hmm. And she's reciting it, and you're just like, the whole book. Joyful and yeah. weeping, and if yeah. you have a chance to listen yeah. to it, it's amazing. The way the Lord just directed all of her life yeah. for that moment, even to bless the church and bless us ladies, was just incredible. It was memorable. Yeah. I mean, it was spine-tingly a little bit. Like, she had the yeah. whole book memorized, and but she it. but you presented it in such a... Winsome like, way. Yeah, an energetic... Yeah. Um, 
It was a exciting performance. Exciting way. It was very dramatic. You know, well, Revelations. it's a pretty exciting book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that was epic. Anyways, you guys are going to be talking about um, scripture memory. So this is completely uh, yeah. something that you have yeah. applied and do regularly, um, and it's it's amazing. So we were in India over the break, actually, and do you know this church in India? These they memorize scripture. I think they're afraid the government's going to. Take, it, Take away. it away because they're cracking down on Christianity. Well, that's in India. one of the reasons we started mm-hmm. all those years mm-hmm. ago to memorize books. Yeah. You know, not just little sentences. Well, was because yeah. we thought, well, what if they take our Bibles away? Look where we're heading. Right. And so we thought we got to memorize as much scripture so when we're locked away, you know, we can etch it in the walls. You know. <laughs> yeah. No. It's so true. when you memorize the hymns too, yeah. you know, you memorize all the verses. Right. You know, right. not just the first one. Right. <laughs> so we're there in India, and all the ladies in the church get up and they stand up and they start quoting the book of Titus from beginning to end. Wow. That is you. And then the guys get up it. and they start quoting first Timothy. Wow. It's just, isn't that wild? That's, That's great. Like this church is committed to memorizing the word of God. And I'm like, this is so convicting, so convicting, so convicting. And they're, um, anyways, great people in India. And they're also like semwives um, over there. Cause they have a seminary. One of our TMAI schools is in India and uh, they're training the men there, and they have precious wives and families. So it's kind of like, oh, I got to meet our fellow semwives across the world, um, mm. and they are just lovely ladies. So very That's cool. Amazing. Anyways, That's amazing. That's great. Just jabbering, but. We're oh, no. so excited to yes. hear and to learn from you. So thank you so much yeah. for coming. Well, I wanted coming. to show off my um, <laughs> oh, to, yes, my what is this? My PhD. Your PhD. My oh. putting hubby through to pl- my degree, and it's signed by <laughs> Dr. Boosnitz. Senior and Dr. Mayhew in the year of our Lord 1999. So there I am. I found it. So she probably was a semwife. Logan was a semwife. I'll frame it for you. You were a semwife. I'll never. I was a semwife. I'll frame it. And then I had a table too. You led a table for a a few years. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. You've kind of been part of us. You're part of us. Yeah. You're yeah. our hearts. We're so thankful. Yeah. I want to make sure I can see. Emery is over there. See now, Emery, smile. Oh. We've never met another Emery, see? Nice to meet you. See, and she was Emery, our friend, who is in heaven now. And there's the other Emery. We finally met another Emery. I love it. Isn't that great? I met her in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> She's lovely. A lot of fellowship happens in the bathroom. <laughs> Why we all go in there in groups, right? We all go together. Um, okay, oh, we'll let you get started, yes. but we just wanted to thank we you We love listening coming. to you. Yeah. Yeah, this is great. <laughs> thank you for coming. We're so excited. We actually tried to schedule you last year, but you guys were having massive surgeries. And it was major. Sickness. So that's like, that's the year Burton. Burton fell. Burton fell. Yeah. Right. And Burton's getting ready to celebrate his 94th birthday yeah. on yeah. this, you know. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. One of these days. And she's, <laughs> and she's 92, but I feel 92. So there we are. So we're even. <laughs> and, and I don't. <laughs> no, she doesn't. She has so much she energy. Like Dolores has more energy than I do. Oh, no. The thing Dolores picked yeah. up. So she does this when missionary families come into town or other families need help. Dolores will pick up your children and take them to Chuck E. Cheese for you. So she oh, yeah. picked up my kiddos. And yeah. at the time, Noah was about this big. And he had so much energy. And Silas had just had surgery. And so Dolores was trying to help us. And I was like... 
Noah's going to kill Dolores. That's what we're going to be known for at Grace Church, the family that killed Dolores at Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah, at Chuck e. Cheese. And nope, she took them, and they had the best time, and they oh, ran around too. everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Chuck E. Cheese is yeah. great. So I love Chuck E. Cheese. So we're excited to learn from you guys. All and right. then yes. teach us how to, to memorize the word and get it in our hearts. Well, that's, that was the part three, but let's start before you forget. Because oh, okay. um, she has a certain formula that you can do scripture memory for where she, she teaches herself stories. So she's learned the minor prophets in a, a, a story. So hit it. <laughs> well, she said she was going to do this. <laughs> so I said to my daughter, how do I start? I have to remember that. I haven't even any idea how long it's been since I have memorized it. Remember the first book? The very first book. Minor Prophets. The Minor Prophets. Remember? Yeah. He's in a hole. Yeah. In a great big black hole. And he wants out. But old friend, he sees it. A hose, Hosea, and he picks up that hose, he turns that thing on full blast, and he puts it against the wall, and he makes a hole, Joel, and he comes out. Now, he looks pretty awful because he's wet and muddy, right? But that's okay. When he gets out there, there is a whole mess of people. No. Oh, Amos. 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 Oh. A mass of people? Yeah, Amos. Is Amos. Amos. Yeah. You did Amos. it. You did it. All right. Now, listen. If I... Just remember, I'm 92. <laughs> did you just okay. flip off your microphone? Yeah. Oh, well... Okay. Do you want me to put it right here? Project. It's been halfway gone for a while. Here we go. Okay. Can you hear her? Speak. Test, test, test. Test, test. Okay, can you hear me? Okay, go for it. Now, we've just seen Amos. The whole point of this is when you have a lot of uh, names, words, countries you want to memorize, you make up some silly little story like this, and you can do it. Okay. Amos. Amos. And, uh, okay, let me think where Amos is. He's a mass of people. Yes. (gasps) A mass of people. And you go, Obadiah. (laughs) Obadiah. Oh, that's really bad. And all of a sudden, you look out. Here's the ocean. And you see Jonah coming in. He's got seaweed all over him. Well, I mean, he... Barely got out of the boat. You know what I mean. This guy really had it. So he comes up and he picks a microphone. Isn't that amazing? That day and age, there was a microphone. A mica. A mica. <laughs> and he picks up and he picks up the microphone, the mica, and all of a sudden he goes Nahum. The people were all smoking Habakkuk. (laughs) Not good. Not good. 
All right. Step, on the, step, on the, step up on the Zephaniah. So he stepped Zephaniah up on the, on the table. On the Zephaniah. And as he's looking around, he sees these two old ladies. And he's a very unkind. He goes, Hag, Hag, Haggai. <laughs> and they go, Mal. That's the name of the husband. Mal, I cry. Malachi. He always came to, to keep her out of trouble. So there you have all of that. Now I know you could do a better job than I did. And not only that, on the way here, I'm trying to re remember this story in my mind. But the amazing thing is, if you make up a story, you can do numbers of names and places and locations and all kinds of things by this story. And it won't have to be 20 years old. And that's probably when I discovered but this but, is a good but one. But what's interesting, that works for her. Yeah. And we, we've given you a handout, um, which is pretty much everything we know in eight pages with no footnotes. So you'll be happy. But it's very simple. But you have to kind of know how you learn. A lot of people are visual learners. A lot of people are audio learners. So I knew a person that could do a, a, a book just listening to it. I tried that and, you know, I threw the cassette player out the window. I said, I can't do that. I am a visual person. Yeah. And I do colors and everything is visual. It's like a piece of music to me. So um, we've given you just lots of things and we'll get to that um, later. But we did want to start with, the, it's the, the, we wanted to talk about the three most difficult spiritual disciplines um, that need to become habits in your life. Okay? It's beyond spiritual discipline into a habit and they're inseparable. And it's worship, prayer, and scripture memory. Mm -hmm. And they all go together and they feed one another. And starting with worship, we were created to worship God. Mm -hmm. And there's an amazing promise in James chapter 4 on the right-hand side in green, because that's the way I memorize. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Don't underestimate that promise. Because you are as close to God as you choose to be at this moment. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. So you can't underestimate the power of that promise. And it has nothing to do with how smart you are. And we're really happy about that. Mm -hmm. Very so, happy. And Isaiah proved it in Isaiah 6 when he came face to face with the glory of God. I mean, he was undone, and he realized, mm -hmm. you know what? There's no intellectual prowess that's going to get me into the heart of God. Whoa, it's through your worship. It's through your worship of him. And in this stage, how many of you have children 10 and under? Mm. So that's wow. a lot of you. Wow. You're in a different phase of life, mm -hmm. and you're in a church where you know people get up in the morning and read 25 chapters and, and write, you know, a thesis before they go to breakfast. <laughs> and we don't want you to be intimidated by that yeah. because you are in the one sentence a day group. And it's an eternal word 
that's infinite, and in one sentence, you can fill your day with worship, and you can share it with your children, and you can actually memorize a book of the Bible one sentence at a time with your children. Don't try to do all these massive things that other people are doing. Remember, he said, come to me as a child. I really like that. Yeah. Because that's where we are. Yeah. We have childlike faith, and we go simply, and we go slowly, but we do one sentence at a time, and over time, you can memorize a whole lot and start when you're young because it does get harder when you get older. She's still working on Ephesians, the book of Ephesians. Mm -hmm. I'm using my Revelation book because the kids wanted to learn about the end time. So I have, we have 33 kids that come to our Bible study and now we're doing a whole series on the end time. So I'm using all the stuff that I memorized as we put this whole series together for them. (laughs) Jerusalem is God's countdown clock. And they're fascinated by everything. It's so exciting. Let let me tell you, we have about 22 kids in there. It's a little... 33. Oh, that's right. 33. We've had so many recently, too. Uh, It's her office. It is filled. The whole floor is filled with kids. And if those, her puppies went in, uh, (laughs) wow, that's really a big deal. Anyway, but the whole point is that these kids, and you are all mothers, so you understand, there's not a peep out of any of these kids. And there is hardly any room between the kids because there's so many kids in that room. But they want to hear everything that she's telling them. It's just, it is the most fascinating thing. I just love it. Well, it's pretty exciting. But we want to, you know, saying focus on worship, um, you know, it's our purpose. It's, It's what God created us to be worshipers. And if you don't worship God, you're going to worship something else. Amen. And if you worship something else, you're going to be not only useless, but you're going to be a hindrance to all the people in your family and all the people you come in contact with. That's how important worship is. And, um, you know, David sums it up in the Psalm 27. One thing I have desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life and to behold the beauty of the Lord and to meditate in his temple. One thing. What about, you know, prayer? What about scripture? What about missions? What about baking the scones? It all is done in a worshipful way as we're going to talk about. What do you, what have you learned about worship over the last number of years? Uh, we, we had a friend who almost 20 years ago now, now who died of uh, lung cancer and she was a real worshiper mm, and she taught she us yes. how to die worshiping with every breath. And mm-hmm. when you have lung cancer, it's hard to breathe. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. what did you learn as as we came off of that uh, and watched her? You know, there's not going to be a day that you can say, "Well, I don't think any I'll have any ha- uh, hardships, or I'll have anybody uh, that I love die, or I'll have any of these things." None of you can say that, nor could I. But I'm telling you. When you learn to really worship the Lord, to give it this time to him that is completely devoted to him, 
he gives you back a feeling, a quiet feeling of safety and security in him, in nobody else, in nobody else, in nothing else in this world can give you that security while you go through the hard times. And your friends want to help you. And maybe, maybe your relatives want to come and help you. But you need that worship time, and I'll tell you why. Because you need to make the very best friend you've ever had in the entire world close to you, and that is God. He wants to be the closest friend you have ever had or would ever have in this world so that the minute you have the hard times, you go to him immediately. You're not whining and crying to other people. You're going on your knees to the Lord if you start a worship time. And shouldn't he be worshipped? I mean, when you think of what God has done and created, there's not a day that we should go through that we don't, on, on our face before him, worship him and thank him over and over for all his graces. And I saw a lot of little graces around here. They're, they're put in uh, strollers and things like that, but those are little blessings that God gives us. And so, ladies, when we talk to you about worship, it is crucially, cru crucially good, good. Yeah. Yeah. It's right crucially there. Crucially important. <laughs> that you do this, that you take time out every day, and usually in the morning. But you know what? I do a lot of worshiping at night, too, when I'm already in bed. Well, it's really about building a life of worship. You know, you, it, there's right. enough scriptural reference, you know, to, to build, to start in the morning, you know, tune your heart to sing thy praise in the morning. And the older you get, the earlier you will get up. And that's because you have to pray for the, all the young people who are still oh, sleeping. Right. <laughs> right, 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 right. I prayed for my list before they even get up. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> but yeah. it's, um, it's really about building a life of worship, you know, so that it literally with every breath he's there and you share that with your children. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I was stunned the other day at the moon. I looked and, you know, I've been reading the Psalms about the maker of the heavens and the earth. And I was going on about that and praising the Lord. And I went, all of a sudden I was struck and I went, wow, there was a time when there wasn't a moon. And then all of a sudden, moon. It just, you spoke it into existence. And so for the next, like, three weeks, every time the moon came out, I went, Lord, you're amazing. It's stunning. I never thought about that before, that all of a sudden there was not something, and then there was something. And see, that's, and that's the kind of thing you can share with your kids. Mm -hmm. Look at that flower. Yeah. And this is yeah. different than that flower. Yeah. Look at this. Who made that? Oh, and then you find, <clears throat> look up a psalm about the flowers that fade right in front of you. Anyway. <laughs> But it's about enjoying your God every moment of every day when you're driving the kids mm -hmm. wherever they have to go and you're doing all the errands. You're mm -hmm. driving and you're, you, it's literally enjoying him every single... We are in a constant, continual conversation with God mm -hmm. every single moment yeah. we are awake. And yeah. 
when you're older, you're awake a lot more than younger people, even through the night. And that oh, comes totally. in handy, too, because then totally. you can pray when stuff's going on, when everybody else is sleeping that needs to sleep. You know he's, what I'm saying? He's my best friend. Is he your best friend? What? He's, your, he's my best oh, friend. Oh, yes. I mean, this means not just at night, not just in the daytime, but uh, uh, I just have such a wonderful relationship with him. And he knows that. We have a great relationship. And I will see something that he will do, and it will kind of flash in front of me, this thing that he has done. Maybe a crazy driver (laughs) didn't hit me. Uh, Or I got a parking place that I didn't have to walk very far. I mean, I'm I'm thanking the Lord so much, you know. Exactly. And and you literally have to open your eyes to God's gifts every moment of the day. Yes. And you rejoice in the many mercies that you see every day. But you've got to train yourself Mm -hmm. to see the beautiful trees. Stop. Don't go by them. Yeah, you've seen trees all your life. But look at that. Come on, look at the creator who did this, and that one's different. How did you do that? Yeah. You know, and you just talk to him all day, and when you're sinning, you get right to repenting. And the more of the word of God you oh, have in true. you, the faster you will get to repentance yeah. because you won't get very far into the sin. The word stops you, mm-hmm. and you go, forgive me. Mm-hmm. Forgive me, and then you go to Psalm 51 and recite that, you know? Um, or the one sentence that you're on that day. And I can't emphasize that enough because you can get a lot done in one sentence a day. But worship is our purpose. That's why we were created. Think about when Moses went up that mountain. What did the people do? He was the visible representation of God to them, right? Yes. The minute he was gone and they couldn't see him, they went right to idolatry. It didn't take them very long because that visual representation, because God was not real to them. Like this chair. We always say, is Jesus as is, is Jesus more real to you than the chair you're sitting on? And don't take that lightly, ladies. Do not take that lightly because we were teaching high school kids. I don't remember. Well, I know it's our <laughs> age. We were teaching high school kids. And the chair they were sitting in was very much more real than the God that they didn't really know. And they knew it. They knew it. Yeah. You know what? It's in it. This is just the most phenomenal thing, what we're telling you right now. This worship, you have a best friend that you can tell everything to, a very, very best friend in your whole life could be your husband. Most of the time it's going to be your husband. Uh, that's the Lord Jesus Christ. And you can tell him anything. And he won't be uh, be upset with you. He won't yell and scream at you. But he will give you the quietness of spirit just to let him love you. And, and if you've done a sin and you confess it to him, he will give you clearance. You don't have it anymore. He's died for that sin. I'm telling you, ladies, if you don't have the best friend relationship with Jesus Christ, you're missing something big in your life. 
And I'll go to something else. You all have husbands in seminary. You work and they work till the wee hours of the morning. I happen to know that because I have a seminary family living in my home. And it's 1 or 2 o'clock in the morning before they go to bed. They don't even say anything about it. I just happen to know that. And the wife is not in seminary, but she's teaching. She's learning to counsel so she can counsel the couples. She can counsel the wife of the couples that come. So many times the wife will prevent the husband from ever being able to do what he needs to do. And you know that. The wives have to be talked to many times. So you're a very special group of women in this church. We highly regard you. We really do. And so if there's anything that we can say that would push you closer to a total relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, he knows everything about you, and you need to know everything you can about him. Yeah. And, 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 and then worship is it's a, it's a love experience uh-huh. is what it is. It's a love experience between God and the worshiper, all right? And it, yes, it involves our emotions, but God did not come to do the deepest work in us in the shallowest part of us. And the shallowest part of us is our emotions, but the deepest part is our worship, but it does involve our feelings because we get overwhelmed by what he does. Mm-hmm. I mean, just the more time we put the dots together in the word of God, I'm, we're just stunned. We're just stunned at what he does, mm-hmm. you know? And that just makes our love overflow for him more and more and more. So, Yes, it's great to start, take that sentence into the shower. Moms, if that's all the time you got, you take that sentence. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. Okay, I'm going to take that into the shower. Lord, I praise you that you're the firstborn, the prototokos. Thought I'd throw some Greek in there. Yeah. Anyway, but you don't have to do the Greek. I'm impressed. I know. Well, anyway, worship is our purpose, okay? And it's also our choice. And we got to go to Martha and Mary. We got to go to them because they're the perfect example. There's Claire. There's our buddy. Hi, Claire. Claire. <laughs> um, You've got to go to Mary and Martha because they're the perfect example of choosing. Because every all the women I hear, I was a Martha. I was born a Martha. I can't help it. Oh, yes, you can. You were born to be a Mary. You were born to be a worshiper. You chose to be a Martha. Don't make that mistake of thinking this is how I was made. But get this. Mary and Martha go together. You prepare the meal as if Jesus were going to eat it. And you Prepare the table as if he's going to sit down at that table. And you wash the dishes as if he ate off those dishes. And guess what you've done? You've just been worshiping the whole time. You have been preparing that meal for your 700 children. (laughs) Oh, you only have seven? Oh, I thought it was 700. You know what I mean? And it must feel like that sometimes where you're just overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. But when you do it as if it was the Lord himself all of a sudden, you've taken Mary and Martha and brought them together, which is what he wants us to do. 
We can't be Martha going, you know, Lord, tell her to get her sandals in here and help me out in this kitchen. You know, that's not because if you, you, if you do that, you're going to be upset with the Lord himself, which is exactly what Martha was. So you got to put the two together. You never drift into being a Mary. You will always drift into being a Martha. You'll just let yourself go and, oh, yes, yes. Just have a bag of popcorn, okay? You know what I mean? You're just drifting into the Martha, but you never drift into a Mary because it takes so much diligence to choose every moment to be a worshiper. And look at the food that you're making. I mean, it's amazing. I learned to cook at 50. My teacher's sitting back in the back there. She gave me the right books and the right pots and the pans, and now I can't lift them. But anyway. <laughs> but look at the food. The food is amazing. I mean, look at a carrot and look at broccoli. Look at the squash. I mean, look at all the different... And worship God who made this. And you can have the most glorious time in the kitchen. You know? So you got to put the two together. Mary had chosen Christ as her priority. Martha had not. And if you are a Martha, then you choose that way of life all by yourself. Don't blame it on anybody else. So worship is our purpose. It's our choice. And it is difficult. Oh, yeah. Oh, Matthew 25. I wrote this down. So... When you're, wa- you're washing those dishes, like, you know, and making the meal like for like Jesus was there, he says, you know, whatever you did for me, for the one, at least of these brothers and sisters, you did for me. So when you're doing your duties and your life in your home for Christ, you're doing it for him, and that's going to be at your bema. Isn't that exciting? It is very exciting. Yeah. And you know, sometimes it's discouraging when the children are all crying and they're not happy and you don't know what to have for dinner. And, you know, we're not saying it's going to be all peaches and cream because it's not. There's, it's hard work to raise kids. It's hard work to try to figure out what to fix for dinner every single night. I actually love that my husband... Says, can I fix dinner? To I, yeah, I love it. Let me pray. I don't, amen. Yeah. I don't, <laughs> I don't care if it's dog food. I'll eat it. <laughs> Will you put a sauce over the top of it? You don't know. It doesn't kill the dog. Well, that's the truth. It is. So it's, it's hard. It's hard. And you know what, girls? I wouldn't appreciate what you all have to go through if I didn't have a Diana living in my house, having to stay up that late at night and then be everything that her husband wants her to be. And he's working so hard trying to do all the lessons and trying to do everything. I have great new appreciation for every single one of you because this is the hardest time. It will not be this hard, believe me, because when the... He gets his certificate, and you get your certificate how to take care of these <laughs> these cranky women that you're going to run into. Believe me, you will. Uh, but it's okay. Then you, you can be home, and you can have your little kids, and you can 
and everything will be fine. This is the toughest time because you're both having to learn new things and you've got kids that maybe they would rather that you had just sat home and played with them all day and not yeah. had to do all the Right, work. so you have the difficulty of just being in life and raising children and being in a different strange land, which is Los Angeles, which is getting stranger and stranger. Oh, yeah, true. But it's also a battle. You are in a spiritual battle mm -hmm. because the enemy does not want you to worship Jesus Christ. Right. The enemy wants to keep you busy, and he wants to keep you so busy you think you don't have time to do it. Mm -hmm. But see, you can do it while you're doing everything else. And that's what we want to impress upon you mm -hmm. to start incorporating in your life. And that's why one sentence through the day, oh, it changes your whole life. Mm -hmm. Because worship is a very easy discipline to move away from. But here's the thing. And this was so funny because a little uh, a, a young seminary guy preached this great little sermon on uh, worship demands diligence that leads to delight. And it was really wonderful. And I went, went up to him afterwards, and I said, <laughs> now you don't know about the other two parts because you're too young. But worship demands diligence that leads to delight, which leads to devotion, which leads to dependence. And you're looking at two women who are completely dependent on the Lord for Amen. every step we take physically. Mm -hmm. So we are in a constant worship thing, you know, a conversation. We're repenting quickly as we fall, yep. <laughs> yep. you know, screaming yeah. at the dogs. Can't even believe anybody's screaming at the They hear me all over the neighborhood, but I have to repent from it. You know what I mean? I need him every second of the day, but I didn't need that when I was 32, mm -hmm. when I was moving faster than the speed of light, and now I don't move that way anymore. So I said to him, I said, you'll learn this as you get older, but dependence is the most glorious time of being a Christian. I can't do anything on my own. It's wonderful. And I know she feels the same way. And all we do is just cry out to him all day long. Help me. Forgive me. Thank you. It's a pretty simple life, huh? You know what? She's talking my language because <laughs> when I was 27, I got multiple sclerosis. Now, multiple sclerosis kind of likes to take you for a ride. And I really didn't want to go on that ride, but I had to. And I'm going to tell you something, ladies. This, it changed everything in my life. I was type A. What, am I screaming at everybody? No, that's all right. They love it. Go ahead. Uh, scream away. <laughs> I was a type A. And if I couldn't get 9 or 10 or 11 or 12 things done a day, I would go to bed feeling like I had failed because I didn't do enough. And then when I'm 27, I wake up in the morning and I've got multiple sclerosis. And I never really thought I was going to die. Uh, but I couldn't do. I couldn't do all the things that everybody else could do anymore. I certainly couldn't do the things that I, I don't think I'm 
No, I they even here. Could not do the things I wanted to do. And you know what? The Lord said, you will sit in this chair and you will not move because you can't move. You're going to sit in the chair, take your Bible, take your reading, memorize. That's when I started to memorize, when I was 27. And boy, I'm going to tell you something, ladies. I didn't lose anything. I gained the whole world. As far as my Christianity grew, I grew, and it wasn't running around and doing all this. It was being very quiet, reading the word of God, letting him minister to me and memorizing his word, which was like um, healing balm to my soul. It was, you know, you talk about the scriptures, they meant everything to me because I knew God could not lie. And whenever he said, I knew he meant it. And so here I am with three little kids and multiple sclerosis. It was, it was an adventure for all of us because I became a much better mom than I had ever been before. That's true. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. The suffering. I mean, look what Jesus did on the cross. He suffered. Yeah. And so when he gives us suffering, oh, what a gift. What a gift it is to draw us closer into his heart. Mm-hmm. And that's what worship yes. does, interconnected with prayer. Yeah. And it, they're inseparable, just like scripture memory. But as we kind of scoot into prayer, mm-hmm. I always think of, um, you know, the Battle of Dunkirk. I know this sounds kind of strange. Uh, I love history, and but I think about that battle in Dunkirk when uh, you know uh, Hitler had everybody on this island. They were all they were done, you know, and there was a quarter of a million guys on this island, mm. and then all of a sudden, uh, Winston Churchill calls for a week of prayer. You'll never hear that again. <laughs> I mean, they were the churches were packed. People were you know, in the parking lots of the churches, kneeling and praying. The whole country was praying. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, Hitler decided just to wait a few days and go do something else before he went and, you know, attacked him. And then this guy thinks of, why don't we get our little boats, you know, why don't we get our little, you know, tugboats and everything and go over there and get them, you know. So they went over there and got them. And then there were all these little boats with little skipper hats on, and they went over there. <laughs> and they saved you know, in a week's time, they saved, you know, a quarter of a million men, you know, and then they get there and they're, oh, you're heroes, you're heroes. And they're going, wait, we were not heroes. We just got in the boat. You know, that's all we did. God was the hero who saved it. But the thing is, I love the picture because they went into, and the bombs were still going. They went into enemy territory, and that's what prayer does. You get to pray and go into enemy territory, mm-hmm. and the bombs are going. I mean, you're going to go in there, and you're going to pray for the souls of your children. You're going to pray for the souls of all those people, and there is just a battle going on, but you've got to get in your boat. You've got to pray. You know, you've got to do it. Yes, it's important, I think, to develop a, a, a separate prayer time. I used to call it a formal prayer time, and then... Beth asked me, do, do we have to dress up for that? <laughs> I love, I thought, no, no, no. It's the wrong word then. It's just a, just a separate prayer time. 
But I, I remember, um, you know, we worked up. This is one, one, one year she comes up to me. Well, I'm going to add an hour of prayer to my quiet time every morning. And I know she does this, and now she's challenging me. And I go, oh, great. Okay, so that means, you know, I'm going to be up to two hours. Okay, fine. So we did it, you know, and we added that extra hour of just prayer time. And yeah. that extra hour of prayer time turned into two hours a day. And it just kept increasing mm-hmm. because it was just so amazing and so powerful. And I know we have more time because we're not, you know, with the kids and the yeah. kids, you know, yeah. we have more time. Yeah. But here's yeah. what happened. Then my mother came to die with, of Alzheimer's. And all of a sudden, the two hours of prayer, the three hours of prayer now turned into, you know, two minutes. <laughs> it turned to help me, Lord. Help me. Help me. How do I do this? And I'll just never forget this, and this has never changed, because I remember going to get her little medicine. This is a woman who wouldn't even take aspirin, and I'm trying to hide this little medicine in the yogurt, and then she finds out, you know, and then everything is a conspiracy. Ah! You know, it's like, it's the the hardest road to go down. And I'm in the refrigerator, and I'm going, oh, you're right here. Oh, I see. Now I pray every minute. Oh, now I pray every step. Oh. Okay, I got this, I got this. Oh, now I understand. So it was like he had to train me to do the the two, the three hours, you know, on my face to now there's no time for that. Now you're in the battle. Now you can't let this person even be alone for a minute, you know. And so now abiding, now you're abiding. And you're in this cocoon. And it's just the most wonderful thing. One sentence at a time, ladies. Just one sentence at a time. And I, I keep repeating that because I don't want you to be overwhelmed. Because, you know, you don't have two, three hours. You know, your kids are crying. Yeah. The diapers need to be changed. But you can change them worshiping and praying the whole time. Mm-hmm. And if some thought comes in of a person, you pray for them right there. Mm-hmm. Don't wait. You may never have a private time until they're 18 or 20 years old so you've got to do it now but prayer is the vehicle that takes you into enemy territory as you pray for the souls of all those people you love and i do have a quote from oswald chambers that said the secret prayer chamber is a bloody battleground here violent and decisive battles are fought Here, the fate of souls for time and eternity are determined in quiet and solitude without another soul or spectator or listener. And I love that because you can still do that while you're in the kitchen, while you're driving. Changing diapers. Changing diapers. You can be in your little boat going into enemy territory. So keep that picture, but you got to get in your boat. So... What is prayer? And we answer it by kind of saying it's just simply talking to God is what she said. It's that conversation, continual conversation with God. One continual conversation with God that does not stop. Do not stop. We had, um, we talked to the seminary, who, no, no, the Titus II, the international, who, who, they're the missionaries that are already out there all over the world and we get to talk with them on the Zoom thing. Oh, yeah. And one of the gals, and here she is, you know, with kids in a foreign land learning hard language. And she said, oh, I can't believe it, but five hours went by and I hadn't even thought of, <laughs> thought of God. And she felt so horrible. But this is, she's just trying to do her life. Yeah. But this is how you've got to train yourself to take him with you every 
Yeah, in the one continual conversation with God and include your children in the prayer time. And my favorite prayer, my friend with the three, three kids, and she gets in the car and she says, Lord, love this prayer. There's a lot of crazy drivers out there. Please don't let me be one of them. You know what I mean? But her kids, and the only reason I learned about that prayer was one of her kids told me. <laughs> Mom prays this prayer every time she gets in the car. <laughs> I said, I'm going to take that prayer because yeah. I'm one of those crazy drivers. <laughs> I love that prayer. I do too. But no re- relationship can grow without communication. And that's what you're doing. You know, if my husband and I only spoke on Easter and Christmas, we wouldn't have much of a relationship. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You've you got to talk to God all the time. And we live in a society when people are talking and texting all the time to everybody. You're never not talking to somebody. You got to do that with God. Put the phone down and talk to Him. Our Creator, who has created this divine and mysterious communication system, we don't understand it. It's mysterious. But pray about everything. I know some very godly woman once said to me, I don't pray about things that are just mundane. I went, wow, I pray about everything because I need help with everything. I pray about mundane things all the time. You know, I I was kind of shocked, you know, because it, I I just, I don't know. She wasn't as dependent, I guess, but you got to pray just like a child. That's what it says, come to me as a child. But it's mysterious. It's odd. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're talking and you can't see God. See everything around, right? In Romans. But you, you're all alone. You're talking and your Bible's open maybe or you've got that sentence going. And it's just mysterious. He sees me. He hears me. I, I don't hear him. I hear him in his word, you know. But the creator of the universe is listening to me? Little Miss Nobody? Are you kidding me? It's just odd. And you have to admit that it's odd and tell him it's odd if it feels odd. You've got to tell him what you're feeling and you can't lie to him. You can't pretend everything is okay when it's not. And that's a very important part of prayer. That's what the lament Psalms talk about all the time. Just pour out your heart to him. Tell him the truth. He knows it already. (laughs) Yeah. But here's another one. Um... Mark 11 talks about, and this is a mind blower, and we both experience this. Uh, whatever you pray, believe that you have already received it, and it will be yours. So that is so stunning. I tried to figure out, well, how do you, and I spent, and I went down this hole trying to figure it out, this black abyss, trying to figure it out, and then I read my MacArthur study note that said, don't try to figure out what this means, (laughs) just do it, (laughs) I love that, I love that note, but I asked my husband, I said, how can you do this, how do you do this, how do you pray believing you already know what it is, how do you do that, he says, you're so close to God, you just know, and we've touched it. A few times in our life, we've touched it, and we've prayed, believing something's going to happen, and it happens, and then we go, we're like that emoji. (laughs) For a couple years, we're like that. 
And you kind of have to get yourself settled again before you do that because it's like, you know, it's a terrifying thing to fall into the hands of the living God. But when you actually touch that and you just, yeah, wow. But you can't do it all the time. <laughs> We're just little dust balls, you know. We're little decorated dust. Little eyelashes. <laughs> Crumbling clay. <laughs> But anyway, did you want to talk about, I mean, because we've touched those moments where we just know. We have, but what a, where's. You're okay. What? It's perfect. It's perfect. Hit it, baby. (laughs) (laughs) What she's talking about, we've all had prayers that haven't been answered, and they're very important ones. I know every one of you have prayers that you have asked God to heal somebody, or to do something that would be supernatural, and he didn't do it. And how do you feel about it? Do you know what I found after the many years that I have lived? It was good at that time that he didn't answer it. I wouldn't have appreciated it as much as I did later on. And you know the thing of it, we have to trust him. And many times when we pray, we're not trusting. We're just saying it. Oh, Lord, can you, ha- can you do this? Can you do this? Can you do that? You have to think very carefully before you ask the Lord to do something. You, you really do. Because he knows right from wrong. And so, so many times I don't say Will you heal that person? Will you take care of this situation? I say, you know what, Lord? You are the almighty God that has created every single thing. And I am going to just wait and see how you're going to handle this. Because I have seen through my life, he handles it in such a beautiful, beautiful way. And much better than anything I could have ever come up with. And so, you know, I think it's to trust, to trust him. Because many times you know you pray and you don't get the answer. But you have to trust that he has your best interest at heart. He's going to be there for you. He's going to have it come out a way that would be honoring to him and helpful to you. And that's what he does. And that Romans fifteen thirteen, may you know, may God fill you with all joy and peace as you trust him, and you will be filled with hope. So in the actual act of trusting him, when I get to the point where I'm in such physical pain, I go, I'm gonna trust you no matter what. And it comes out just like that. And God is not surprised. That's me. That's right. And that's me. And he goes, smiles a little. I can see him kind of smiling and going, finally she got it. She's going to trust me. And then all of a sudden I slept through the night. I remember I said, Don, did, did I finally sleep through the night because I finally said that? Yeah. It was wow. maybe. Wow. You know, because it was weeks and weeks of this uh, pain that just kept me up and up and up and up. And then I finally, I'm going to trust you. No matter. And it's scary to think about what can happen. We're in a fallen world. We're in a disintegrating world. Mm -hmm. It's disintegrating before our very eyes. Our bodies are doing the same thing. But 
as you trust him, you're filled with joy and peace. And it's true. It's so exciting. And you know, he exposes our hearts when we don't get an answer to prayer. When we don't get what we want, he shows us how selfish we are. He shows us and exposes us to us. And he, he exposes that we're trusting ourselves more than him. And that we know better. Oh, he exposes so much when we don't get an answer yes. to prayer. Yeah. <laughs> it will expose how selfish we are. And it will expose our unbelief. And that's really intense, ladies, when it exposes that you don't believe something that God has said. And he wants you to repent and trust him. It's glorious. Mm -hmm. It's glorious. And I mean, unanswered prayer. I mean, think about, I think of Zacharias. I mean, you think about when, when the, the angel shows up and said, oh, look, I'm here in answer to your prayer. What prayer? You know, the guy is so old. He forgot he prayed. You know what I, <laughs> you get the answer when God wants the answer to come, not us. Oh, man, there's so much dross to be burned off of each one of us. Mm -hmm. And I, I think, you know, I'm the one that got, the God had to run over with an 18-wheeler truck. He has to do what he has to do to me. This is what he does to me. He has physical ailments because that's, I'm, I'm hard and I'm sinful and I'm tough and I'm, yeah. So he, this is how he deals with me. I'm okay with that. I don't have a problem with that. Lord, I said, look, and I know I'm a difficult... My mother had a hard time with me, so I can only imagine how hard... <laughs> that poor woman was scared the minute she <clears throat> saw me. <laughs> but we are the same way, every single one of us. There's not one of us in here that wouldn't say the same thing about yourself. Yeah, but as those prayers don't get answered, God is building his relationship with you exposing you to you yeah. and building the relationship and un uncovering your mm -hmm. authentic self. Because mm -hmm. the one thing, if we can talk about this, is there's an authentic self, but when you're in a church, see, I wasn't raised in a church. Maybe you could tell, but I wasn't raised in a church. So when I showed up here with my bright red hair and my purple army boots, and they were so nice to me. Aww. Everybody was so nice to me. They, I'd never, they had never seen anybody like me. And then I stayed. That's 32 years later. I'm still here, but I got different boots. I got white boots now, and I got, and I got gray hair. <laughs> and it's natural. I know. <laughs> it's natural, but there's an authentic self because a lot of times when you grow up in a church, you got this little church lady. You got a little church lady that knows what to say and knows how to act and you've been screaming at your husband in the car and then when you get out of the parking lot you're just as nice as you can be <laughs> I got my little church lady I got my little outfit on I got my bible tucked under my and so forget the church lady she's not real I remember I was in Texas I don't know why I was in Texas but I was I don't know why I was there but I was teaching something I don't even know what I was teaching but I was teaching something and this little church lady comes up to me, <laughs> Texan church lady, homeschool, homeschool Texan church lady. <laughs> and she comes up to me and she says, just as sweet as could be, I just want to know, how, you, how come you, 
You said that you have to have your quiet time in the morning. I just want to know. Because I want to know why. And then all of a sudden she became vicious when I started to give her the scriptures. Why? Why does it have to be in the morning? And she probably had 12 kids. You know, that I, you know, I can understand why she was mad. But she came up as the church lady. And then all of a sudden she became vicious with me. And I'm thinking, well, that's the real self. Tell that to God. Bring that anger to him. He can take it. He already knows it's in you. Stop pretending to be something you're not and stop telling yourself everything's okay when it's not. Okay, I'm not telling you to go around and scream at everybody at church, okay, just so you understand that. I'm not doing that. I'm telling you to take that to God. Take that to God in prayer and in worshipful prayer. Does that make sense? Have I totally like, is that like, craziest thing. Oh, I got thumbs up. Is it okay? I didn't say anything bad, did I? Actually, I don't want you going around screaming at everybody. <laughs> no, no, but your yeah. point is very well taken, and, and you all know this. I mean, we are human, so we lose our temper, we get upset, we get crushed, we get hurt. All these different uh, emotions that we have but you know what? It's still, we're going to go back to the closeness to God. Because if you, you don't need your husband to tell you that you were outrageous when you got upset about something that morning. You knew it. And, but you know what? When, when you've got the Lord as your very, very closest friend in the whole world, you can go into a private room and just bow your head down and just say, I blew it royally this morning, and you saw me do it. Please help me go back and apologize to everybody and help me get my spirit where it needs to be and my happiness where it needs to be. And if I asked each one of you, you know what you would say? Get back in the Word of God and let the word of God calm you, teach you, control you, and rule you. And that's what you want. You don't want to do it yourself. You want the word of God to rule you. And then you'll be right where you need to be. And if you look to Hannah, Hannah is a wonderful example of someone Mm -hmm. who poured her heart out. Because if you read 1 Samuel... She doesn't have one godly emotion that she brings in that prayer. I mean, she is, she's got the the other wife, the one who's popping out those babies, and she's not got a baby, and then one more baby, one more baby, and I'm, you're out of here. You know, it's like she was just, she was just beside herself. Her situation was absolutely impossible. Her struggle was great, and she took it. She didn't take it to her husband. She took it to God in prayer. And guess what? God changed her in the very midst of praying because when she left, nothing had changed in her situation, but her countenance had changed, and she trusted him. (gasps) Whoa, as you trust him, you're filled with joy and peace and all hope. Isn't that amazing? Mm -hmm. And you just worship your way out. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You use yeah. worship to just worship. Now, we have no idea what time it is or what we're supposed to be doing, so we're just telling you now we don't know what we're doing. It's 8.30. <laughs> it's 8.30. Okay.
We, we could talk, you know, we could be here for a we week and a half. We want to talk you know. about so, memorization, no, though. We, we don't want to go without. What? We don't. We, we can do whatever you want. We can stop Ten. too. Because no. the thing is, they have the booklet of memorization. No, 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 no. no she wants to talk for ten more minutes. No, I want to give them an encouragement to memorize scripture. How many of you have memorized scripture in the past? Good, that's good. good. That's good. good. That's good. 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 But there's little voids in between the ones that raise their hand. So, here's the point. This scripture that you are digesting, you are going to be eating it. You have to think about it this way. You're going to be eating this scripture. And I am going to tell you something, ladies. The ones that have never memorized before, when they start to memorize, you are going to have a euphoric feeling like you've never had over anything else because these words will go into your mind, into your memory, into your heart, and you will think of them and you will dwell on them. Wow, what's wrong with that? And dwelling doesn't mean necessarily reading fast. It means staying right there and have these words inside of you to encourage you, to reprimand you, even when you need to be, give you hope that nothing else in this world could do. It is the most glorious thing that God has ever had me do. And I really believe he had me do it so that the words would penetrate my heart. And when you have your heart penetrated by God's word, you are not the same person. All of a sudden, you have more patience with other people. All of a sudden, you look to God as your very best friend. And I'm going to challenge Every one of you in here, if the Lord Jesus Christ is not your best friend and his Father God, your best friend, you got work to do. Because other people, as much as they love you, as much as they want to be with you in your darkest hours, they always, they can't be. They can't be. Only God will be able to rest your soul and your heart. Only God will be able to know every thought that you have and every nuance of of just being whole with him, with him holding you tight during the hard times that you're going to have to go through. And I'm not, I don't know, maybe none of you will ever have to go through hard times. But I've gone through some hard times when I didn't know if I was going to have a husband by the end of the day. And I'll tell you something. My trust and love for the Lord and his love for me brought me through it. I was victorious. I was happy. I was, I, God restored me. He restored my hope 
restored my joy, and I want him to do that with all of you. So everything that we're telling you, and when we leave this syllabus with you, look it over and make it your own. Make it something you have you you want to do mm-hmm. okay and it's um when you put the word in your heart it's amazing what happens because even when somebody starts to preach it literally it's a supernatural thing because it activates your soul mm-hmm. you're you're learning at a different level yeah because i mean we're we're, ki- we're you know we we're, we have a faith like a child you know we're not mm-hmm. great intellectual people but i'm telling you that when we've memorized a book that somebody's preaching some we're ahead of these guys mm-hmm. That's a supernatural act of God, mm-hmm. you know? And we, we've given you lots of different ways to go about meditating, uh, uh, meditating, visualizing, and, you know, lots of different highlighting the text. I use color <laughs> codes, and the colors mean something. And But, you know, you get in there, and you ask the text questions. You ask the text questions. I had the most amazing experience when I was, you know, doing, the, you know, the, the miracle of uh, at Cana. I asked the question, why did you do, Lord, why did you do the first miracle at a wedding? The one question led me on a journey that took me into eternity past and all the way into eternity future. Because then the second question I asked was, well, were ancient weddings different than now? And then all of a sudden, I uncovered all this stuff, you know, and I went, oh, my goodness, look at this. So Jesus was at the first wedding in the garden, you know. So, of course, that's a good thing. But here's the thing. There's, there's, there's the, uh, the betrothal. That's a legal agreement between the parents, usually between the to, that are going to get the kids married mm-hmm. when they get older. That's the betrothal, right? And then there's the presentation when the bridegroom, because the bride was not the center of an ancient wedding. The bridegroom is the center of the wedding. Oh, isn't that interesting? So the bridegroom goes to get the bride out of the house and presents them to his house. And then you have the vows and the consummation. So then all of a sudden now I'm in eternity past where God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit is betrothing the church and the bride. He's choosing the bride and the church. Oh, and then the presentation will be when we're raptured and taken up and presented into heaven. And oh my, then the vows and the consummation. Then the new heaven and the new earth coming down out of heaven from God made ready as a bride adorned for her husband. And he will dwell among them. That's the consummation. And we'll be there forever. And oh my, no wonder he did the first miracle at a wedding. And so what if it took me weeks to memorize one sentence? Look where I went. And I came out going, for about a month. And then I went to the second sentence. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's a slow process, but look where you get to go. It's an infinite word. That's why I keep saying, with all you moms with kids, take it a sentence at a time. Don't try to do. But when you do, have a plan. If you're going to do the book of James, just start one sentence at a time and go through it. Do the whole book. Do it as a context. I don't care if it takes you five years, ten years. You know what I'm saying? Because you're going to go on a journey that is just in the heavenlies. Don't, Don't rob yourself of this journey and don't rob your kids of this journey. You know what I mean? Let them see you do this. Let them see you stand and go, that's why you did the first miracle at a wedding. Why not? 
entire universe together. So anyway, this has a bunch of stuff in it. And that's all we have to say. I, I think. It's color coding. They're coming back. <laughs> huh? Okay. 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 Oh, they have their phones, see? Yeah. <laughs> um, thank you for that. That was really encouraging. I hope that was helpful to you guys. There's always one more button. Does she know where the button is? She does. She knows where the button is? That's impressive. You gotta know where the button is. Ladies, please memorize. I want to see the hands of the people that are going to memorize. Please raise your hand. You can do it. You can do it. Make it, make it a lifetime journey. Thank you. Thank you. Because they're, they're going to come and take our Bibles away. You know what I mean? I mean, we're heading in that direction. That's the trend. Yeah. We're heading in that direction. So get it in your heart. They can't take that away. Yeah. Oh, and you'll be blessed. Oh, you'll be blessed. Is it on? Is it on? So well. Well, then you'll have to project like you're on Broadway. <laughs> now go ahead. You can do it. Take my mic. I don't need it. No, you'll need it. I don't. You'll need it. <laughs> um, thank you so much. I know... Um, Wow, that's really inspiring and encouraging to us um, on a practical level. And you guys, like, you live this. I mean, I've been around you when you're at the store and you're, like, praying through what to buy for, for someone. or Like, mm -hmm. you, you live it. You do. They live it. And it's really... Um, you're on now. They're, I'm on now. Yeah. Okay, good. Elizabeth, Elizabeth. Are you on? So we just have some follow-up questions. Um, and if, if you guys have any questions, too, please raise your hands. Um, we just... We're thinking of some um, follow-ups, and there's so many directions we could go. I want to hear your whole testimony. <laughs> I don't know if there's time. No. <laughs> <laughs> and yours too, Dolores. I want to hear, hear your I testimony. once was blind, but now I see. Yeah. That's yeah. it. <laughs> That's it. Yes. Um, but just kind of following up on your um, – I love the whole concept of, like, worship while, you're, while you work. And, um, Mary and Martha together. Yeah, just doing it as you go and not having just this one – Mm -hmm. time with the Lord and then you're done mm -hmm. and then you move on to your life. But Check like, it off. It's all it encompassing in your life and that's that's such a just so helpful. So helpful. So do you have a, a regular formal time with the Lord? What does that look like? Um, I know you're, it's like all day long you're just you're thinking of the Lord, you're worshiping, you're praying, you're communing. Um, but what would your um, time with the Lord look like? I know you have a prayer closet, right? Well, I, I used to be in the bathroom when I could get down on the ground, but now yeah. I can't get down or get up. Okay. So, <laughs> you a prayer chair. So now I've built, uh, you know, in, my, in the bed because I, I have okay. to be in a certain position, okay. but I'm up at 4.30 in the morning and, uh, you know, we get uh, the dogs out to go to the bathroom and then Don goes into his study and I, and I stay in the bedroom kind of propped up now on 45 pillows and, <laughs> and uh, you know, and then I have... And I just worship through the Bible 
I mean, I, you know, I can't what read are you the Bible right now. Right, I you... just started Hosea. I just finished Daniel because, okay. okay. as I said, I'm putting this whole thing together for the kids mm. about the end times mm -hmm. because we did a whole thing on heaven, and all their questions steered towards the end times, right. and they want to know. Yeah. So we, so now I've just finished Daniel, and now I'm in Hosea, mm. and so I'm, I'm just, and I do, I do like a few sentences at a time. I said, "No, Lord, I don't know what that means." So I got to start asking the questions, and then I just... What are those questions? Huh? Like, what are those questions? Well, like, okay. you know, like, uh, well, I just finished Daniel, like, with chapter 11 was just, like, so massive. I mean, it's like all those kings, and what is going on here? And so I just take it section by section by section, so I go through it very, very slowly, mm. you know, very slowly. And then there's, you know, anyway, so mm. that's all I can do, but then I yeah. pray, but then I pray, and I, I pr we pray for all the kids, mm -hmm. you know, in the study, you know, and all, you know, I always say we're like boats. I'm in a boat thing. We're like boats. We're, I got a little boat. I don't have many people in my boat, but I give everything I got to the, everybody in my boat. Mm -hmm. She is a princess cruise line. <laughs> everybody is in her boat, and everybody is having a banquet, and everybody <laughs> is having an amazing time, but this is how God made her, but I can't do that. I got the little boat. And I pray for those people every day, every day, every day, every day, every day, every day, every day. And that usually takes about an hour, you know, hour and a half. Do you write down things that you're learning? Like you oh, mentioned, well, if it you took saw like my notes, you so were, you are writing down it. She's here. crazy. That's wonderful. I mean, I brought, she goes, oh. can I see your notes? Oh, yeah. So I brought all my notes. There's like a hundred pieces of paper. I said, look, <laughs> this is over here. And look what I learned just today. And over here today. And this today. What do you think? And she goes, Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I have journals. Organized. I have journals. When I'm dead, you'll go to the journals. What is? What is? <laughs> you'll find your name in there. Where is it? What is it? It's upside down. <laughs> it's very. It, it's very artistic. Yes. Creative. I don't, I'm not a linear. Could you tell linear person? <laughs> what about you, Dolores? Do you have, do you write things down and um, do you pray? Uh, I'm gonna be just like her. No, she writes up. things down. <laughs> On my notes, I found her prayer list on my notes. You shared and, notes. And I noticed, I said, oh, look, this is the prayer. We need to pray these prayers. And they were your prayers that you wrote on my notes. Aww. Anyway, so, yeah, we're both kind of creative people. Yeah, but you do this in the morning, early in the morning. I do. Early in the morning. When do you do it, Dolores? Oh, I have to do it first, first, first off. thing. Uh, I have a lot of people I pray for because uh, God is so good to answer and it's just it's just a blessing time she so, sticks them on her computer she yeah, sticks got she's got post-its and she's got them all on her computer all the way around here like this and who she's praying for you know like that week hmm. so no, just, i pray for some people i some people have to be prayed for every day hmm. but but i just love to uh get in my i have a little office and i have a uh computer and i get on with my Bible, Bible, and I start reading my Bible, and and but see, I can't memorize anything. I don't really understand completely. That's why you have to study and know and ask the questions, you yeah. know, and so take I'm, the time. I have decided I'm going to memorize the Book of Ephesians before I die. She's 92, maybe, but I'm 92, and uh, and I want to know everything about that. John MacArthur use that book to um, guide him to starting Grace Community Church when he came at 29 years old. And I figure if he, if he 
picked out that book, I would like that book to be a very important book in my life. And it is. It's a great book. Wow. So that's, she just keeps at it and keeps at it and keeps at it. Yeah, I do. Yeah. You know? I yeah. do. So you don't, mm-hmm. you don't like read a chapter a day or like have a method. You just absorb it, yeah, chew on it, and just start. Yeah, sentence. I don't have a method. I have, mm-hmm. I just take the, take it as it comes that day. And I, and it's so fresh and kind mm-hmm. of not stale. Yeah. It's like brand new every day, you know. So like one time good. I found, when I was in Ezekiel, I went, hey, Ezekiel 5, 5. What do you mean? I will put Israel in the center of the world and all of the countries will be around it. So then I get on Google. I go, I'm looking at maps. I'm looking at maps. I found the most incredible map of this little tiny dot and everything is around. You know what I mean? And so I, you know, it's one sentence a day. There's so much in whatever one one sentence. Yeah. So much. Have you, has it ever been hard for you to like, if you weren't motivated to pray that day, you don't feel like You said it's like fresh it. every day, but how do you keep it How do you keep it, it fresh? fresh? Is there a slump where you're like, I just, I don't feel like I don't it today. I don't feel like it today. I mean, in, when and, the, when you get to the pain, mm. but then you got to go through the physical pain mm. and go, I'm going to trust you no matter what. Yeah. And then you start praying and it starts like this, but then God starts to move and work, yeah. you know? Yeah. I have to be you that just, way with myself, you know? You know what I think is really good is to sit someplace. And a lot of times you can't when you've got three or four kids. It's really hard. But sometimes you can do that. And before I even pray, I like to just sit and contemplate him. Because I am so amazed at what God is, at who he is what he has done, what he has created, that he would even care. I know. He didn't have to make us, you know. I know. He didn't have to do this. And that he existed uncreated. Mm-hmm. And I go, for an hour. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, Where did you come from? Hmm. Ask even, that question. I go, yeah, all right. We're just decorated dust balls. Is that what you said? That's right. With eyelashes. eyelashes. (laughs) Crumbling clay. Sometimes, sometimes, ladies, and I'm speaking for me because that's the kind of person I am, just to be quiet before the Lord is a wonderful thing. We are too busy. We have too many things on our mind. We have too many things to accomplish. And so that's what we become. That's exactly what we become. But to take, just find some place in your house and just sit there. Even if it's five minutes. If that's all you got, take it. Even five minutes. You know, and I have those little, uh, Johnny Erickson taught us, she's just taught me so much about how to suffer. And I think, you know, oh, come on, you've got nothing to complain about. Look at what Johnny's, and look how she glows and how she trusts him. But she has the wonderful devotionals, um, songs of suffering, another one uh, practicing the presence of Christ. And, I, and those are little tiny little paragraphs of things, but they're so rich. And I just kind of read a little bit of that every morning just to kind of settle my heart and go, oh, I knew I had nothing to complain about. <laughs> wow. No, but seriously, you know, anything she's written. Anything she's written. Oh. But she has two of those devotional books that are wonderful. What were those titles again? One, Songs of Suffering, 
And the other one is, uh, this newest one, is uh, it's the Practicing the Presence of Christ. She puts the, the book uh, from Brother Andrew mm-hmm. hundreds of years ago yeah. and takes a little paragraph and then kind of expounds on her own. It's really cool because I remember reading that book, uh, Practicing the Presence of Christ, when I was really learning to yeah. worship yeah. throughout the day. And I went, oh, and then she put them together. And I went, whoa, what a little gift that one is. Oh. Now, I do have to tell you that my uh, granddaughter, Emily. uh, Whatever her name is. Yes. Curtis. Curtis. Mm -hmm. She wrote a book, uh, Hope in the Morning, Mm -hmm. and it was because in their church in North Carolina, they had lost several children. Mm -hmm. And uh, she was so moved by that. It's not that she's written this book. She has had the people who have gone through the trials write the book. And I would, because of who you are, I would not say this to the rest of the whole church, but I would really like to make that book available to you. And this is why, why the book is so valuable. Because the people who have suffered the loss wrote wrote it themselves and how God kept them on their feet, how God ministered to their hearts, how God helped them. Uh, I will give you a book. If you know of anybody that has lost a child or has lost a husband or uh, a husband that's lost a wife, because this book will help them. So much. This will help you in your ministry too, because uh, oh, one of the things it does you. in the book it says uh, it asks these people, uh, "What should you not do? What, not mm-hmm. what, what don't? What, what should you not say to somebody who's suffering?" Yeah. Mm-hmm. That alone is worth getting in the book. Yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you know what is the yeah. best way to help somebody in a suffering situation? Yeah. So anyway, that's and very. And your leaders all have my information. So I am really, and I'm not saying that lightly, I'm saying that I would be very happy to make sure that you got one of those books. Thank yeah. you. Thank yeah. you. Take, so her, up on, we'll take her up on that we'll one. We'll take you up on that. Yes. Take yes. her up on that. I will get that organized. You. Yeah. Hope in the morning. Hope in the morning. Hope in the morning. Yeah. Emily Curtis. Curtis. Yeah, thank you. Um, what's that? Okay, we have five minutes. Okay. Oh, man. So oh, many, no, sorry, we didn't even get anybody else's <laughs> questions. Um, We're just asking our own. Does anybody have a question? Anybody have a question? <laughs> like a burning question. Okay, next. Anita? <laughs> um, I wanted to ask Rosa, you know, you are going through a specific chapter or like you say a sentence at a time. Are there any specific Bible study tools that you would use besides your Bible study? No, my husband taught me, and I found out at um, Dr. Zimmick's memorial where he learned it was he said, you do the work in the word yourself. You observe the text, right. you ask the questions, you do the research, you do the hunting down, you do all the work, and then you go check yourself to see if you're right with Dr. MacArthur. <laughs> he said, yeah. if you're doing it, if you're going to go to the commentary first, you're cheating. You're cheating yourself of God revealing himself in your word to this little nobody. It's a lot harder, it takes longer, but you know... But then it's yours. Then it's yours. Those are the books that we've memorized, everything that we've memorized, it's ours. Mm -hmm. 
You know, and when we hear it, when we hear it from the pulpit, when we that's mine. <laughs> we I let can, God I, use it, though. Oh yeah, we do. Yeah, we we let God use it. Do you do anything to maintain free scripture that you've You know, that's an interesting question. Not really. And I'll tell you something. Once you get it in your heart, this is the exciting thing. It's always there. Mm-hmm. It's eternal, and you don't know it until you hear it. And you go, I know that, and I can actually say it right now. Oh, wow. I memorized that 32 years ago. And it's right there. Now, supernatural. She's who she is. I'm not. <laughs> so, so the things that I have memorized, you know, so many years ago, I think I, did I figure out how long I've been memorizing? Yeah, so 27, we have to get the calculator. It's we don't do math. Eon. 27, 92. Well, are pounds. It's a long time. Yeah. 92 okay. But, it's a long time. But 65. here's the thing. John can be preaching, and yeah. uh, he'll use a scripture verse that I've memorized, even if it was one of the first ones. Yeah. And boy, I'm She perks right up. Right there. I'm right there. It's, it's something that happens supernaturally. Inside our guts. Yeah. You know? I love it. So um, just do it. Just go to the next one. <laughs> Okay, so we are a group of future pastors' wives. And you guys have been here. And you guys have seen a lot of pastors' wives. A lot of seminary wives. Come and go (laughs) through the years you've been here. Um, What advice would you give to pastors' wives specifically? Ways that pastors' wives that you've seen them do things well, maybe even things maybe they haven't done well. Lessons to be learned Mm -hmm. um, that have encouraged and shown love. To you guys, um, to the church, anything specific that you... Well, I'm going to tell you something. When the pastor comes to the house and his wife comes to the house, if it's a death, if it's an illness, whatever it is, that wife has a role. And the husband can do, he can pray with them and he can talk with them, but he's a man. And your softness, your care, your just built-in love that God has given you is going to go so far with the women in that house that are suffering. And, you know, the husbands don't always, the pastors, your husband, he doesn't always see the little maybe children there or a wife that's kind of suffering. But you will. You are such a vital part of that ministry. And I just love this little Diana who stays up every night with her husband. I should say every morning mm-hmm. with her husband because she doesn't want him to be up all by himself. And that was, that's a kindness that mm-hmm. I thought was so precious. Well, they she's bringing that into... Uh, their ministry together, you know? Oh. Was it anything I said? I was, <laughs> she takes it all back. No, but you, you are such a precious group of women to us. We were honored to be able to come here and share any of this with you because you are the women that are going to really... First of all, you're going to uh, further your husband's work 
his ministry. You're going to give it a depth that he would probably not be able to have all by himself. And you're going to be able to bring uh, uh, friends, uh, neighbors in and take care of whatever you need to take care of where the, da the husband, he's basically going to keep studying the Bible. You know, because so he can be better and better. Yeah. Uh, they know that's the truth. That is the truth. But these women, oh, you are. God has special plans for every single one of you, and all the studying that you're doing, and all the sacrifices you have to make are worth it. For what? Because God is going to be honored in your life and in the ministry. I'm, I'm thrilled for all of you, really. Just thrilled for you. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming and so sharing special. with us. It's just gold. It's gold. And and just the bottom line of, like, the most important thing about you is your walk with the Lord and your worshiping and your, and your soul and um, just, wow. Yeah, it's really good to start the year off, you know, like priorities and study scripture, mm -hmm. memory scripture. Yeah, so... Should we close in prayer yes, and yes. then um, you guys can visit? Sorry, we took up all the group time, but sorry, Actually, not sorry. If you have a little one, don't visit. <laughs> oh, yeah. Go pick up your Go little pick ones. up your little And then come back and, and visit, back. please. But I'll just close this in prayer real quick. <laughs> Heavenly Father, thank you so, so much, so much for this evening. Thank you for these ladies' combined wisdom. It's just, um, wow, so much we can learn. And help us to become worshipers that worship all day long, that commune with you constantly, that share the little things that, that share all of our our true self and our true feelings and because you you know them already and you love us in spite of all those things about us and um, we just want to be stu students of your word and memorizers of your word lord help us to put it in our hearts to eat it to digest it to live it um, because this will bear fruit forever and we're just we're humbled and just so grateful for this this encouragement to us tonight in jesus name we pray Amen. Yeah.